0: Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program, everybody. We are super blessed that you can join us here at Shouts of Grace as we enter, really, our third year, our fourth year. We celebrated a, a little anniversary last uh, last week, and so now we're, I think this is the, the first episode or the second episode of our fourth year, and so um, what, a, what a huge blessing. We want to just thank Key, Key Radio for their support and the use of their airwaves, um, and also let you know that if you are listening to Key Radio for the first time. Oh, sorry. Um, Take that out, Heather. (laughs) And also let you know that if you are listening to Shouts of Grace for the first time, we want to say welcome to you and let you know that you can at any time go to ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com and listen to 131 past episodes um, on a whole host of topics, everything from specific scripture to topics to things happening in our world. And so we hope that you are blessed by that. Um, And if you do, you'll quickly find out that here at Shouts of Grace, the setup is we have different guests. Guest pastors come in. Um, sometimes they're on the air, and we just kind of have a a, a real uh, conversation. And so today is no different. Um, I have Pastor Mike Cunningham um, with I could I could say um, with Redemption Hill Church, right? Um, and so we're super excited to uh, to be officially kind of bringing Mike on um, between now and then. You know and, and and the time he plants uh vineyard church and he's just going to be he's going to be a, a bedrock a steady thing at redemption hill, and so we 're super excited about
2: that. How are you doing, my brother ah I'm great, good to be here today
1: yeah, myself included man and so you know Mike, I thought what we'd do today is I you know we, we started this new series at church at um, at redemption hill last uh, um, last Sunday, um, that we're entitling enjoy and it's it 's going through the book of Philippians, and you and I had briefly talked about kind of being on the same page as as you start, um, kind of start a community, uh, gathering that, that, you know, you want to, you want to start the book of Philippians too. And it's just, it's a great thing. And, and, and I, I have found that, um, you know, just in the, in the few weeks, what, what I typically do when I, when I start, um, something like, um, on Sunday night, you know, I'll, I'll I'll play or I'll listen to, um, I'll take 20, 30 minutes and I'll listen to what, what I'm going to be teaching the next Sunday, right? Just to get it in my head, put it in there. And then I'll wake up Monday morning and I'll, and I'll actually play it again. That's the more specific part that I'll be covering. And it just kind of gives, it gives the Lord kind of a database to kind of, to kind of, um, you know, link into throughout the week, you know, and it gets it in my head. And so what I found is that, man, this has just been a really powerful, personally a powerful book, you know. Um, um, I was I was telling one of my friends that you know a lot of times when you think something's dead in your life, um, God pokes it and then it moves and you're like oh you know and and, and I think that's that's what's happened so far just in chapter uh, one of Philippians. And so I thought we'd just take some time and just talk about um, Philippians from from Acts perspective when Paul went into to Philippi for the first time and kind of what he encountered and just how that translates into into real everyday life. And so um, I'm I'm gonna push this off and then I'm gonna throw it into your. Court. Um, if if you did want to follow along, you could follow along in Acts chapter sixteen. But mm-hmm. in Acts chapter sixteen, Mike, um, Paul, Paul has a breakup in Acts chapter 5 in Acts chapter fifteen with his friend Barnabas. Right? They 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 see things a little different, and so one goes one way, one goes another. Um, and Paul takes with him a man named Silas, mm-hmm. and they embark um, on this second journey. And they come to a city. They meet this guy named Timothy. They they fall in love with this young kid, and they bring him with them. And then they come to this fork in the road. If you will, in their life where Paul wants to go east and he wants to share the gospel. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 6, God says no. And right. I don't know how God says it, but he says no, right? Well, he and says so, it a lot. He says it a lot, right? <laughs> and, and so and so Paul just says, okay, well, then, then we're going to go north into Bithynia. And the very next verse is God says no, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Here you got the great apostle Paul, who who one would think has his life so ordered with the direction of God, right? And because he's the apostle, he knows exactly what he's doing. He finds himself in this weird place where it's like I'm trying to do something, and God's saying no. The doors aren't opening, whatever that looks like. And and, and I think a lot of times, Mike, people think that that Christians just have this direct line to the Lord, and everything they do and every step is ordered by God. And this idea of flexibility and maybe just stepping out, really not know where I'm going, but I'm trusting God isn't a part of their life. But that's not true, is it?
2: It is not. It is not. And what I love about Philippians is one of my favorite books is it wrecks, you know, God wrecks your plans. And he he's sovereign. We're not. And uh, there's times that you have to just uh, be able to be obedient and walk through the doors he opens, and not walk through the ones he closes. But also, there's joy in following God. That that even so, I love the bookends. You have the backdrop drop of you know how he got there with the whole Macedonian cry and the and the, slow, and the closing of the doors. But he's also writing this from a prison, and so there's 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 this joy that permeates from this man writing chained to a a guard guy's always in prison (laughs) he's always in prison yeah he's a troublemaker but god uses troublemakers sometimes and i think that that's but i'm just saying though but what's great is you always you have the circumstances that are unique about this but also um of of how this comes to be but also just you know this is a someone who could be in despair if, if it was me probably despair probably eeyore you know why me and he is saying you know God is God is moving and I'm part of it and it yeah. gives me joy.
1: Yeah, and so so he goes to sleep that night, you know, not really knowing what direction they're going to go and and you had mentioned he gets this he has this dream where he has this Macedonian call and the the person in the dream, the man in the dream is 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 in the west. He's not in the south where they came from or the east where he can't go or the north where he can't go. And so there's only one other direction. So he's standing in the west and Macedonia says, "Come over and help us." And so Paul wakes up, he tells the boys, "Hey, we're we're going to we're going to go west." And and they actually go into Europe and and so they they, they they get into a boat and they land into philippi he gets off the boat probably looking for this guy he doesn't find him he finds this woman lydia mm-hmm. she invites him to a prayer meeting down by the river she gets saved right and the next day or a few days after he's back going back to this this uh prayer meeting and this demon possessed girl walks up behind him and silas says these guys are from the most high god and he says "Ah, eh, be quiet and he, ta- and he casts her out right and and, and when he does um. It, it it upsets the city. It upsets the men of the city because she was a fortune teller, and mm-hmm. so they beat him severely. Mm-hmm. They throw him in prison. To do and and there he's sitting. And and whenever I read the Bible, Mike, I I like to I always like to put myself. In, in the narrative, in the script, I kind of go from my living room and say, okay, if I'm walking with him and I'm thinking, okay, I, I answered the sovereign call of God. God clearly brought me over here and and I got off the boat and this woman got saved and her household got saved. This is from the Lord, mm-hmm. right? And, and then the next day I'm walking in this demon possessed girl is free. This is from the Lord. Yeah, right. And then I get beat right. and I get thrown <laughs> in prison and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, is this really from the Lord? Right. Like Like, why am I here? This is not cool, right? So so talk about this idea where sometimes God sovereignly inflicts pain on a person. He puts them in confinement, and he does it for reasons we don't understand. But it's it's as from the it's as, it's as much from the Lord as the salvation of Lydia, mm-hmm. as the deliverance of the demon-possessed girl. Talk about how difficult that is to accept. It's difficult,
2: but I remember that. <laughs> the powers of this world the gospel's offensive to that the more progress we make the more threatened the world gets the more um the the, the better we do it's upsetting to the the rulers of this world the 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 sin of this world and and god allows the he takes these uh oppositions this this reactions and he refines our character with it he builds us. He helps us grow because, you know, a little persecution uh, actually helps a little bit. I say that's a lot of per- I say I wouldn't say getting beat up is a little persecution. That's a, that's a lot of persecution. But at the same time, it, it keeps our motive pure and it all also matures our character. And God allows that at times for us to be able to progress in our journey while we're also serving as a, a an example and a witness to those in this community. Yeah, amen. So so
1: just picture the scene here. So here's Paul. He's sitting there. In, in In this prison he 's beaten up he 's bloody, and you know because they 're beaten severely, you know he 's just wandering and he 's just sitting there um he starts to sing, yeah, you know it 's at midnight and in and, and acts chapter sixteen tells us he starts to sing songs and hymns, and he 's rejoicing in this prison with all these bruises on mm-hmm. and and what he doesn 't realize or maybe he does i don 't know, but as he 's singing, the scripture tells us that the prisoners are listening. Right. It's, it's clear to tell us that for a reason. The prisoners are listening. And here's what I find, Mike, is that there are times when God will take us west, if you will. He'll bring us from a place that we were comfortable to a place we know nothing about. And he'll save a woman in her house. He'll deliver somebody. He'll beat us. He'll throw us in a prison. And he does it so that those that are listening or watching will see how we react life around us when it's hard, right? There's always people listening to our singing, if you will. They're paying attention. And so you know, as these guys are listening, I can just imagine, you know, they're they're singing and then God shakes the prison. The doors open up, the Mm -hmm. chains fall off. And this Philippian jailer wakes up and he comes in thinking, oh no. And and, and then he goes home and, and Paul saves, preaches the gospel, saves, saves his family, him. And here's what we see. All of what happened up to Paul was for the benefit of somebody else. Right. The pain and the suffering and the hurt and the imprisonment was all for
2: somebody else's benefit. Talk about how the gospel relates to that. Well, people w- are watching us because, again, when things are going really well, it's okay to follow. But like when we, how we handle adversity and how we handle persecution and how we handle disappointment uh, probably speaks to those around us even more than when things are going well. And I think that they want to find out, is this person legit? Is this, is this person really believe? Is this just a convenience thing or is this a bandwagon thing? Everyone loves a winner? But when we go through trials and when we go through uh, you know disappointments and we do so with joy and with hope and with the peace that only comes from God, that testifies to those around us and points to something bigger and and again it gives it does give hope because they think man if that person can live with that kind of of meaningful a uh, meaning in their life and positivity and and hope and and grace and joy. In those circumstances, maybe there is something out there. You know, I've I've met people who had a terminal illness, and their joy spoke to me. Or someone who'd gone through something I just couldn't imagine, but their love and their joy and their ability to forgive spoke to me and inspired me and, and made my, brought me closer in my relationship with God. Amen. Amen. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. now let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation.
1: Hey, welcome back to the program I'm in studio today with Pastor Mike Cunningham, also with Redemption Hill Church and Mike before the break, we were just kind of talking about um Paul's experience in prison, and we were talking about how how he's he's sovereignly by the will of God, obviously. Placed into this prison, he's allowed to be beaten all of it is done for someone else's sake because right. he didn't do anything wrong. And and I can't think of any clearer picture of, of the gospel than that, right? Jesus Jesus was sovereignly, by the hand of God, placed in a place where he was beaten and he was bruised. And it was for somebody else's benefit. It was for my benefit, right? Just a beautiful picture of what it means to be a Christian. And, and, and so as Paul is there... And he's, and he's going through this, you know, God, God uses him and he, and he opens up the prison and he saves another person. Right. And, and, and it's just a, a radical testimony. Well, you had mentioned that that the book of Philippians is something that's actually written, not during that time when he was in in Philippi, but it was years later when he was in another jail. Right. right. And, and he was writing with that in his rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. He's able to say in Philippians chapter one, verse six, I am confident of this very thing that God who began a good work in you will finish it. Now that doesn't, that, that comes, that confidence comes as he looks back mm-hmm. and sees, wow, God has started something and he has finished it or He has finished the process of finishing it in my life. And, and so talk about this idea that sometimes when we're in the prison, we, we don't always see everything God wants us to see, but later on in life, we look back and we go, Wow, he has started and he's in the process of completing it. Why is that such an important thing for believers to grab onto
2: that God started it and God will finish it? That's right, because he is looking back on this and this is. You know, in his writings, this is one of the most upbeats starts to a book that he's ever written. There's there's um, it's most personal. And by the way, you look at the, the people that you just mentioned. This is the founding members of the Philippian church. He's got a rich businesswoman of, of probably Asian descent. She has a demonic child, a child who has to be exercised of the demon. And she has a blue collar uh, guard. <laughs> that That is your church. Let's plant. start a church with that. Let's start a church with that. But but think about this. <laughs> He says, "He who began a word, good work and you is faithful to complete it." He's talking now. He's on the back end, and he is seeing not only those cool experiences, and he's seeing how God worked in his life. He's looking back and saying, "Wow, look what God did with with this that with that raw material." Hmm. That that sounds like a the worst church plant in the world, right? <laughs> and and look that that's the raw material, and he's looking back now in a jail with joy, going, "Look what God did." And I was faithful to walk through all that the beatings and the persecution and the, and I'm sure the disappointments and the, what in the world is going on, God moments and seeing, look what God did.
1: That is like, that is super encouraging for me, Mike, because, you know, there are times, you know, we shared this yesterday at church. There, there are times that, that, you know, I mean, scripture says in first Peter that, that God is building us up into a holy temple, right? right? It's, it's, it's a building project. And there are times when, when man, I, I look at my life and I look at the progress In certain areas, and I get really depressed. I'm like, I'm like, Lord, if 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 you're building this, are you are you like taking one swing at a nail like every every three days? Because it doesn't seem like anything's being built here. It just seems like we're kind of dead in the water. And I I want to be further along in this than I am. And I just, Lord, what is going on? And 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 and. Talk about this idea of God's building uh, methods and, and and the fact the fact that we would all love to buy a house and have it built in a day and right. move in. Right. But that's just not reality as
2: a Christian, is it? It's not. And when you look at my journey here, I mean, again, I kind of got a Macedonian cry. God stopped me in my tracks, said, I want you, I don't want you there. I want you here. And I followed
1: because lot. he saw me saying, help me <laughs> help us. <laughs> no, I didn't say that,
2: but but I'll say that that I showed up in an in a, in a unconventional way that I, you know, just kind of there was, this is probably the biggest leap of faith in my life. I am, you know, jumping to a different context and um, it's required a lot of faith. And you're right. I'm along with you. I'm going, yeah, God, this, you know, if I would have drawn this up a little different, I would have had more of these pieces or or whatever. And he's just saying that's the reason why Philippians has been part of my um, devotions this year is just been like, hey, Mike, I got gave Paul a, a, a business owner, a, a demon possessed girl and a centurion. I think, I think I will provide and and look what happened. It was the, the European church was born with that. And, and so, you know, what we little as much when God is in it and when we're faithful with a little, he gives us more.
1: That's right. And, and, you know, just to the listeners as well, I just want to encourage those of you guys that might kind of be looking at, you know, just this, the, the, sometimes what becomes the kind of drudge through the Christian life is you're kind of trying to, you know, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of times in construction zones, there's, there's things that are out of place. You're stepping on things, you're looking for things, you can't find them because it's a mess. You're, you know, as a Christian, you might be in that place where you're kind of look it, where's patience? I know I put it around here somewhere. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, come on. And 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 it just seems like you can't find anything that you're looking for. It seems like things are a little bit of a mess and just out of place. Um, and I want to encourage you, if God is the author of your faith, if God is the one who began it, and that's important to understand, God is began the work you didn't begin the work right then god is going to complete the work god started it with faith in christ and god will complete it with faith in christ and here's what you will find you know mike i was i was talking to 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 mike and heather from the radio station um earlier this week and we were having a conversation. I was letting them know. I said, you know, it's interesting. When I first started off with Jesus, when God began my faith, I really thought I knew the Lord. I, re- mm. I mean, I kind of put my chest out a little bit like, yeah, I know righteousness and, and, and I absolutely know grace and you're saved by grace. And, and, and then here's what happened. I had a collision with life for 27 years. Yeah, did. And now... I look on the end of this 27 years ago at what I used to believe about God and what I used to believe about grace. And I realize I know much more about it now. I can say as Job did, I had heard of you. Now I see you. Right. I had heard of grace. Now I see you. And here's the thing. There's no shortcutting that process. Mm-hmm. God takes you through the building project that brings a Christian from the beginning of their faith all the way to the end where they say, as Paul did, I'm the chiefest of all sinners. A guy who thought he was all that in a bag of chips at the beginning, look at what God got me, went through a humiliating life experience that brought him to the end and said, I'm, I'm the least worthy of all and I'm the chiefest of all sinners. Talk about this project because it almost seems like it's reverse of what the world would think god builds something strong and magnificent and beautiful and you just become you and but really what god builds a strong and magnific- magnificent and beautiful becomes you going lower not higher and right. it's a lifetime is it not
2: it is and again paul likes to quote his, his street cred repeatedly, even in his writings, he's like, yeah, I'm the Jew's Jew. I'm the guy I I was He kind of he's the equivalent of going to Harvard. You know, he went to Rabbi Harvard and he had the pedigree and he had the whole thing. And then Damascus Road, boom, it it all kind of, you know, he gets humbled and he gets changed and he gets discipled. And I and, and you watch this journey of this person who goes from putting all of his validation in the wrong things. And leans into God and finds him faithful and lives a life to, to the extent that we're still talking about him in this, you know, millennia later. You know, I think that that's, you know, he could have gone for the short play and just, you know, been a big deal in his time. But by his devotion and his faithfulness to Christ, not only are we still talking about him, we are talking about Christ. We are, we are, you know, he is pointed and, you know, how many generations, how many nations, how many places to the gospel. And and you look at a legacy. I think that's a, that's the better legacy.
1: Yeah, and and so in the last couple of minutes, Mike, I just want to I want to talk about the the last thing here is is you know he he says there in Philippians one, he makes a, a just a, an exemplary statement. He says to live is Christ and to die is gain, mm-hmm. and I think he exemplifies that right. It, and and I don't think there's some weird thing of saying oh no, we all just want to die no. and 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 go be with the Lord. I, I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying is look, um, the gain is when we die. Whenever that is, we get to be with God. That's right. But while we're alive, right? I'm not, I'm, while we're alive, it's Christ's life. It's all, all Him, all for Him. And He shows that. He shows a willingness to lay down His own will and to go and do what God wants Him to do. And He's hurt and abused for other people. And I just, you know, in in the last minute and a half we have talk about the importance of a person saying look Christ is my life Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 Car- Christ is my life what does it mean to have Christ as your life if you're going to be alive
2: it's a win win that he talks about I'm either either I get to be with Christ or I get to spend the rest of my life telling people about the gospel and pointing people to Christ because, again, our lives are not our own. We're bought with a price. We, we are Christians, and we are to, to live according to his purposes and his plans. And so it's important in our life, everything we do, every decision we make, to, be, to make sure, does this point to God? Does this point to something bigger than me or, the, or the, the moment? Because I think that that's where we find our, our maturity and our devotion and, and that's how we grow ourselves in our, our uh, relationship with Christ.
1: Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we are out of time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. And if you are listening, um, we just want to say this, um, you know, there's a God in heaven who loves you. He gave his life for you by sending his son. And there is no substitute. Religion cannot substitute for the relationship that a person can have with the one and only son of God who can save them by forgiving them of their sins. And so if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking talking about an organization, talking about the person, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who hung on a cross and died for your sins. If you've never put your faith and trust in Him, we want to encourage you to do that. Cry out to Him. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Uh, ask, a, a, ask Him to, to make you His own. And God is faithful to begin the good work in you. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you next time on Shouts of Grace. God bless you.
0: Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.